Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. All right, all right. Hey, everybody. Welcome in. This is Footnotes. I am George Faust. And Hannah, give me a second here because I can't hear myself for some reason. There we go. I think that does it. All right. Well, I'm still having a little difficulty hearing myself, but I I promise I'm on. I I can see myself on on the TV. Anyway, uh, and I know what I'm going to (laughs) say. Welcome in, everybody. George Faust. I am uh, in for Kevin Foote today as uh, he uh, takes uh, some well-deserved time off. And, uh, and you know, we have a lot to talk about. There's a lot going on. Of course, uh, we'll talk about uh, what Kevin has kind of laid the groundwork for all week and, and those, with those NBA heartbreaking losses, things of that nature. Uh, I, have, I have one that sticks in my mind. I'll throw it out there in a little bit. Um, I don't know if it was actually uh, – well, it, I, I guess I assume it's a heartbreaking loss. It depends on, I guess, what team you pulled for because it could be a, a phenomenal victory depending on uh, your view of things. So um, I'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, also, of course, we're going to have uh, some some great guests. We, uh, we have the show lined up. Uh, and we're gonna we're gonna start uh, things off here in the nine o'clock hour with Mike Neighbors. You, you might know him from uh, what used to be CST. I think it's called uh, Your Vision now, or uh, whatever that sports uh, network is on Cox uh, Cable, and they cover the Saints. And he he does a, a great job. It's a regional kind of sports. Uh, network that you uh if you've ever watched cst back in the day you know what i'm talking about mike neighbors will join us he's going to talk uh he's he's written a book uh it's it's pretty uh pretty cool i i haven't had a chance to look at it but he did uh uh, reach out to me a couple months ago to to talk about it and uh and so i i know a little bit about that so he's gonna he's gonna stop it and well call it we'll, we'll we'll get in touch with him and He'll chat with us about about the book, about the Saints. He covers the Saints on a regular basis. He's also based in Florida there, so he's uh he knows a little bit about uh, the 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 Bucks and and the Tom Brady stuff and and all that NFC South football that we can talk with about with Mike Neighbors about. Uh, and and then I, I know hockey has kind of died out in this area a little bit, but the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs continue to go on and. He knows in Tampa Bay, he's right there, and uh, he is one of those guys who who knows a little bit about everything. So we're going to chat about everything with Mike Neighbors, uh, and and then in the ten o'clock hour, as we get things rolling uh, on the show, Josh Fontenot, the Southside head football coach, he's going to join us to talk a little bit about football, about all the changes that uh, seem to be turning the high school football scene up on its end. And in some ways, it's a good thing. In some ways, uh, you know, I think people get a little nervous when it comes to this this high school football change. But in in reality, it, it might be one of the best things that could ever have happened. Because if everybody thinks about it, I mean, now teams are not going to be able to just walk through the playoffs. And I've talked to numerous coaches about this, and one of the 
specific coaches I talked to, he was tell he was telling me that you know we don't like it when we have to sit out uh, a a uh, two weeks before we get to play a playoff game. We want to play our playoff games. We want to get in a groove and get rolling to the dome. And uh, I, I'm assuming, from what I understand, that's the next proposal that all the state championship games will be in the uh, Superdome, re- going back to the Superdome. So um, that's going to be uh, uh, definitely a good thing as well. Uh, there's a couple things I like to talk about. I know I, I also in addition to those things and, and, and talking with uh, with our guest, Josh Fontenot at 10, 15, Mike Neighbors coming up here in a little bit, uh, a little bit about the NBA Finals. But, I, you know, when I walked into the studio, uh, Raymond was talking to me about uh, Ole Miss and Southern Miss. Obviously, the Rebels – Handled their business and uh, took care of uh, took care of Arizona in the Coral Gables baseball region. I, I, I love this time of year with college baseball. It's one of my favorite times of year. I think it, it just. It, I guess it's the whole. When I was younger, you know, you watched Warren Morris, and, and I got to cover that '96 SEC championship. Uh, it was it was quite bizarre. '96, '97. 98 those years were the were the the golden era of gorilla ball where i mean the scores were like 17 to 15 every game and Ole Miss with a throwback in their Coral Gables championship game uh in that regional as they scored 22 runs to beat Arizona so Ole Miss is going to take on Southern Miss they would have been taking on LSU had LSU won uh and I think that would have been so exciting because of the dynamic of just a few weeks ago the two weeks uh uh, the last two weeks of the season, Ole Miss swept LSU at Alec Box Stadium. So that would have been an interesting dynamic. Didn't work out that way. Southern Miss, Scott Berry had a, and his crew, the Golden Eagles, had a different plan. And uh, so now Southern Miss, for the first time in the history of their university, they get to host a Super Regional. And that says a lot because their old head coach, uh, Corky, um, he he was uh, I, I, his last name eludes me at the moment. I I want to say Palmer, Corky Palmer, uh, the Southern Miss baseball coach, longtime coach. He got to the 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 um, College World Series, I believe it was in his final year, a few years back, and then Scott Berry took over. Uh, and I actually know Scott Berry pretty well. He 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 and I were in Meridian, Mississippi, at the same time. He was coaching Meridian Community College. They had gone to the Junior College World Series a couple times. So uh, I, I, I wish Coach Barry all the luck in the world, but my alma mater is taking on your team. And so, so we have a little bit of a uh, – we'll see what happens. Uh, it, it's a win-win. It's also a lose-lose. I hate when the NCAA does this, and I'd love to get your thoughts about uh, whatever we throw out there. But this this with the NBA, uh, heartbreaking losses, or, or if you want to talk about college baseball uh, as well, the 706-0111, that's the number to call uh, to get a part of it. But what I, what I was getting at is I hate when – the NCAA puts two teams from the same state, especially when it's a small state. So if it's Texas and there's 15 teams in the in the regional from Texas and you put three teams from Texas in one region, that's not a big deal, right? You put Sam Houston, you put uh, Rice, you put uh, Houston and, and all in the same regional. That's not a big deal because you probably got, you know, 
UT San Antonio, you got uh, you know Texas A and M, you got Texas, you got all those schools that are gonna that are gonna be able to represent that state and moving forward. But when you put LSU, McNeese, or in this case LSU Southeastern, uh, that made it, uh, and in the same they didn't do that this year. But I'm just making a point that when they put all the teams in the same in the same bracket from the same state. It really annoys me, and that's what they did with the Mississippi uh, teams this year. You know, how many times – I mean, Mississippi State won the national championship a year ago. Hard to believe that because they're nowhere to be seen right now, and uh, so it was kind of a fleeting moment for the for the Bulldogs, but uh, a great moment for them. But uh, uh, it's a fleeting moment because they, they weren't able to sustain. And so uh, that brings up an interesting question, too. Would you, would you trade – if you could have one championship or would you – or you could have sustained success over a long period of time and win maybe just one championship, what would you do? And that, it's kind of an interesting uh, th- thought because – the goal is to win the championship. So if you do it once, you've done it, right? But also, you want to be good. You want to be good enough to where you're consistently in that in that realm. So kind of like what the Saints have done, right? In 2009, the Saints had a phenomenal year, won the Super Bowl. They're the Super Bowl champs. They don't win it. They haven't won it since. They haven't. Uh, they've gotten uh, relatively close. I mean, they've made the playoffs a lot. Uh, and so they've kind of done the 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 second option I put out there. They won one, and then they were consistently in the conversation, so to speak. It's an interesting topic. I mean, do you just if you just won one and never heard from anybody else ever again, you were never heard from. Would you take that as a sports fan, or would you want? All right, we're going to be competitive for like a long time, and then maybe get there and maybe win, or you're definitely going to win one. What do you want to do? So uh, that'd be an interesting uh, topic to uh, hear, uh, take, get y'all's take on as we roll through the show, if you'd like to do that. Uh, of course, we have a lot of uh, uh, great uh, things to talk about. Obviously, the NBA Finals. I heard Raymond talk a little bit about that. Uh, the, their poll question is is up, and they were talking about how Steph Curry got injured. How's that going to affect the game? Uh I I actually thought the 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 uh, the Warriors w- would not be struggling as much as they are already, but uh, yeah, the Celtics. I, I grew up a Celtics fan, so I'm not disappointed. <laughs> I was Larry Bird, DJ, um, you know Robert Parish, all those guys. That that was my era. So all for, I'm the complete opposite of Kevin. I talked to him the other day. I was, I was like, you were a Lakers fan. He's like, yeah. I was like, well, I said, man, you and I probably wouldn't have got along when we were little <laughs> Lakers, man. Come on. You gotta, gotta pull for the Celts, man. The Celts were Larry bird was, was, was my idol. Yeah. I loved Larry bird and my fifth grade, uh, uh, teacher, brother Ambrose, Christian brothers, uh, grammar school, he uh, he used to call me Larry Bird because I had blonde hair and I loved playing basketball, so I I, I took it. I, I I was not 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 ashamed to take that compliment. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so all so 
let's recap real quick on the show. We're going to talk about your NBA heartbreaking losses. I have one in mind. It might have been already mentioned, Hannah, but I'm not sure if it was or not. I'll I'll, I'll throw it out there, and we can all talk about it uh, and, and discuss it. We'll have Mike Neighbors coming up uh, in just a moment talking about the the Saints and and uh, and we'll get we'll get his take uh, his take on the the OTAs and all that good stuff and then also uh, let him talk a little bit about his book uh, that uh, he's had a, had the opportunity to put together and then at ten fifteen Josh Fontenot, Southside head football coach we're going to talk about all that high school football stuff it's really interesting and really intriguing um, it's getting close it's kind of like putting it back to the split uh, before the split when that happened I mean. If we, it'd be funny to watch like this year, or in past years when Acadiana won the state championship, you know they would have had to go and play, play uh, one year I think it was Rummel, the next year I think it was uh, Catholic Baton Rouge, uh, so there that would have been an interesting matchup. And, and look to Acadiana's credit, they don't shy away from those games. They're not worried about that. They take on all comers. It's not that's not a problem for Acadiana High, oh, uh, Southside. Um, will will be in that 5a district I, i'm anxious to find out how how the districts are going to shake out because it seems like a lot of these teams i guess it's just going to be the, very similar because a lot of these teams will be uh you know select as opposed to i think Southside's the only non-select uh school in the bracket now in in, in that district every everybody else in that district is considered a select school but that's something we'll get into with josh fontenot in about an hour here on footnotes and uh, we're going to take our first break when we come back we'll chat a little bit uh with mike neighbors as we talk saints we talk uh about his book as well all that coming up right here on 1037 the game uh lafayette 1037 the game uh, let me try this again. The game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. We're back after this on Footnotes. Which NFL MVP annoys Kevin Foote the most? Who is Aaron Rodgers? He's the most arrogant athlete I've ever seen. I think he's really, to his core, that arrogant. He really believes, why in the world are you even speaking to me? You are a lower form of human being. That kind of arrogance is what I'm talking about, and I think that's who Aaron Rodgers is. That is correct. Now, back to more footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, welcome back into Footnotes. George Faust in for Kevin Foote. Uh, you are listening on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for LSU and the Houston Astros. And now joining me is Mike Neighbors, uh, uh, sports reporter, sports aficionado. He's done it all in this business, and, uh, and I appreciate his time. Uh, Mike, thanks so much for taking some time this morning. Aficionado, I like that. I appreciate that, my friend. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Look, when when you've been as nice to me as you have as as you have in the past, uh, I, I throw out the compliments uh, very liberally. <laughs> you know, I enjoyed my uh, first trip to Lafayette. 
for the book signing. Yeah. yeah, it seems like ten years ago with COVID and everything, but <laughs> you were really instrumental in that, and I really appreciate it. Yeah, I, I didn't have a chance to get out there, but I really, uh, I, I do, uh, do want to give you the opportunity to talk a little bit about it because you, if people don't know, after the Saints games, you would sit down with Drew one on one for. I mean, you still might do something like that. I'm just saying that when he was still playing, uh, mm-hmm. you would sit down and you talk to him. And, and so you, you, I, I don't know. Did, how did the book come about? And the name of the book is uh, "The Breeze Way," and uh, and and uh, I'll, I'll put it up. I have a picture of the book on my uh, social media at George Faust Ten, and uh, and and you, we'll get you we'll get you out there that way. And, uh, and and but talk to me about how this all came about. Uh, and why you decided to do something like this? Well, really, it was uh, I didn't want to have a missed opportunity, George, because uh, it's funny when you read in the book how Breeze and I uh, kind of came together to do these interviews. It's a fun story. It involves uh, me writing a phone number on my hand via a Sharpie. So that's kind <laughs> of a tease for the book. And what it led to was after his first year in New Orleans, we did a one-on-one after every game. We did an in-studio uh, elongated segment every year. And it was preseason, it was postseason, it was regular season. All told, it was almost 300 one-on-ones. So when he retired, I thought, you know what? I don't want to waste this. I don't want to waste all the content. So I met with him and his team, and they signed a waiver that I could use all the interviews for the book. And what really made it bigger after that was uh, Doug Flutie is his mentor. Mm. And you know, when he came into the league in San Diego, he was almost starstruck. Like, I'm in the same quarterback room as Doug Flutie. So Doug Flutie lives in Florida as do I, and I met Doug Flutie at an adult baseball league he plays in, and the game was rained out, so we ended up sitting in a dugout talking about Breeze for an hour and a half. He agreed to write the foreword, and after that I knew, you know, I have to get more, so I got Roman Harper and Zach Streep and Deuce McAllister and Lance Moore and Scott Shanley. So it's not only my interviews with Breeze, but it's also complimentary, you know, content from Doug Flutie and all his former teammates. And, you know, you and I are in television. So what I just finished, I'm not sure I'm going to have it in time for Father's Day, but it'll be shortly after. I just did an audio book. Oh, nice. So when when you're in TV and you do packages and you do, you know, your sports cast, that's one thing. But to do an audio book, my <laughs> friend, it was, it was quite an undertaking. But we're just finishing that up now. And I didn't realize the popularity of audio books. So if you're a Saints fan and Father's Day is coming up, um, the breezeway would be a great gift. It, I, I think it really, you know, looks back at Drew's career as behind the scenes look at it. Some great stories, and if you have a, a young member in your family who's uh, being told he's too small or he's being discounted. It's a good inspiration. A lot of inspirational stories with Drew, too. And Doug Flutie's a part of that as well. Nice. And so let me ask you this, because it's in the news right now with Drew stepping away from NBC. Uh, and, and the, you know, they're kind of whatever parting their ways and, and all that good stuff. Uh, are you surprised a little bit that that, that that didn't work out? Or is that something that, uh, you know, Drew actually does want to step away? Or did he realize it wasn't it's it was too time-consuming? Uh, I, I don't know. What do you What are your thoughts on that? And and do you do you have any insight with uh, with what uh, what Drew was going through there? Well, this isn't coming from Drew, but the people that I know, this these are my thoughts. I think Drew. There's no doubt about it. He wanted to call games. He didn't want to be an in studio guy. As much as he loved doing Notre Dame, that was more of a prep for the NFL. You know, to get used to just calling games. So 
I'm I'm thinking in his mind, you know, Al Michaels moves on to Amazon. Mike Tirico's bumped up. He's doing games with Mike Tirico. I'm thinking in his mind, Drew's not telling me this, that Chris Collinsworth would leave too and that it would be a natural progression that he would move from the studio to doing games with Tirico. The fact that Chris Collinsworth is still there and that he would have to go back and do studio again, I think he just wanted to do Notre Dame for one year to get ready for the NFL. Um, the imperfect storm of all of that, and then you throw in you know, Troy Aikman's going to ESPN, Tony Romo's getting his deal, Fox is getting ready for Tom Brady. It's musical chairs, George. Yeah. If Reeves didn't have a seat, it's not like he's bad. Right, I mean, I, that's what I was thinking. He could have been more opinionated, he could have been more animated, but he, it was his first year. He was, I think he was fine for the most part. I just feel like it's musical chairs. He didn't want to go back and do the same thing because Collinsworth is still there. And yeah, Doug Flutie says this in the book, and he told me this, you know, when we sat in that dugout for an hour and a half. Doug Flutie did NBC. I mean, he did Notre Dame games. He did the NFL. He told me, even before Drew did one game, that he told Drew, listen, it's not going to be easy. You know, TV, you're still doing the pre-production meetings. You're still gone from your family. Your wife's going to be sending you videos of your son catching a touchdown at flag football <laughs> games. It's going to be hard watching that from afar. So I think the combination of all that, it wasn't that NBC can Drew. That's a false narrative. Drew Brees is not going to play for the New Orleans Saints. That's false, too. It was just all, it was musical chairs, and it was you know him being away from his family. Yeah, and and I didn't think he was like everybody's like oh he's not well first off Tony Romo is is a one time thing and some people don't even like the way he he does it you know like that like so to say right. you know he wasn't Tony Romo isn't even you know a right uh, uh, assessment I think I I think Drew was good at what he did you know I I think I, and and you, just just kind of being around him as much as little as I was. Uh, you can tell that he he's not the kind of guy that just wants to show up and and do it and then leave. He wants to put in the time and, and right. you know do it the right way. And, uh, and yeah, so if he, if he's not able to, I, I I just think people giving Drew a little bit of a hard uh, you know a hard time for no reason. Yeah, you know? <laughs> like. Let's, let's, it's the day and age we live in, though. I mean, right, it's just right. social media, you know, it's just immediate reaction. It's trying to find negative a lot of the times. And, and here's the thing with Drew is the only time he really took exception with one of my questions in all the interviews we did was at the Pro Bowl in 2019. I write about this in the book, George. Uh-huh. And I really thought he'd retire after that season. And he was really close to retiring, really close. And I asked him, is it going to be tough if you take one of these TV jobs for you to be critical of A, your former teammates, and you know B, guys you just played against? And he looked at me and he said, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, as an analyst, you have to be critical. And he said, well, I don't look at it that way. I think it's all in how you say it. So I think that was, if there's any criticism, it was he did that game with Tirico, uh, and you know, he, there was a, a bad call in that game. I think it was a Bengals game, I believe. And Drew didn't really weigh in on it. You know, but you can't, I mean, I, I always feel like you know, Jason Witten wasn't very good, but Booger McFarlane, I think, is a good broadcaster. A lot of these guys, you got to give them time. Right. you got to get reps in television. And yes. yeah, I think you, you, know, you make a good point that he He's never going to do anything halfway. And if he feels like 
studio is not his passion. Notre Dame is not his passion. Why not? Why be away from my family when I'm not passionate about it? He has all kinds of business interests. You know, I mean, in my book, it's funny. Scott Shanley and Roman Harper and Lance Moore think he'd be a great head coach in the NFL. So there's all kinds of great things he could do. But, yeah, this is more complicated than NBC just not liking Drew Brees, which I don't think was the case at all. Yeah, it's funny because uh, you mentioned Lance Moore. And I'll never forget this. We're interviewing Drew in the locker room after a game one time and Lance Moore had a big game I maybe two times I don't know what it was it was a, it was a good he goes somebody asked him about Lance Moore and he goes oh yeah Lance Romance <laughs> oh yeah oh it's funny I, you say that because cracking me up. in the last interviews we did we did a breeze kind of retirement rap that really helped me wrap up my book too he Lance Moore hated that. He, he <laughs> wouldn't let anybody call him that, yeah. except Breeze. Right. Well, that was one of those I, things. Funny. If anybody said that, he'd go crazy. So that's funny you bring that up. Well, it was Drew. I, I just that that sticks out of my head because I was standing there and we're interviewing uh, Drew or whoever it was. We were interviewing Drew, but uh, I know we don't usually get to interview him in the locker room for some reason. We that that day we did, um, and. Uh, yeah, it was just I, I just remember him, and I looked over at Lance Moore because you know they're you know they're lockers. It's, it's like it's like you know you're in a you're you're confined in that little tiny area mm. there. Anyway, and so I look over like I just kind of glanced over at Lance Moore, and he was shaking his head laughing because he oh he, yeah. Drew called. Drew but called if him you more. said that, or if I said I said it one time to him, right. I thought he was gonna pick, I thought he was gonna take my head off. It was funny. <laughs> yeah, but Breeze can say it. Breeze yeah. can get away with that. Yeah. But Breeze used to always say he has to say it real low. Lance Romance. You know, that's the way he likes saying it. I'm sure he said it that way when he said it to you. All right, well, look, he, he, before we got to let you go here, let's talk real quick. We can talk about the Saints. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, the new look Saints here. They've got uh, Tyron Matthew. They've got Jarvis uh, Landry. They've got uh, you know, Jameis Winston's going to be rolling the show here. Dennis Allen. Uh, heading here into, into what I guess training camp's coming up soon and these OTAs and all this stuff. Is there something to, like that people should should think about looking at? Because this team, to me, seems like they're going to be a pretty competitive football team this year. Well, the one thing that I'm concerned about is Kamara. You know, what's going to happen yeah, there? Because true. to me, Kamara leads to a lot of either great things or really troublesome things for this team. Because if he's suspended, and I'm not sure the timeline of this, if they're going to be able to have a verdict with the the way the court hearings are progressing here. But this is what I worry about. Let's say let's say it's bad and Kamara misses six games. Mm-hmm. You know they only have Mark Ingram and they you know they, you know they have these other guys that aren't proven. You know Tony Jones or whatever. But here's the thing: if Kamara's suspended, then to me that leads to Jameis putting too much pressure on himself, feeling like he has to do everything. Right. The offensive line that I think is good or the improved receiving core. Jameis is not good when he feels like he has to do everything. And yeah, you know, Pete Carmichael's there, but Sean Payton's not there either. So I really feel like the biggest loser besides Taysom Hill, maybe with Sean Payton retiring was Jameis Winston, because he seemed to be able to harness Jameis in a way that nobody could in his career. But if Kamara could come back and hopefully this case isn't as bad as many people may feel it is. We don't know. There's a lot of unknowns. I 
really like this football team, George. Yeah. But to me, not having Kamara, that is the X factor right now. You, we can have all the storylines and mini camp and training camp coming up, all these new parts at wide receiver and the secondary. It all comes down in my eyes to Alvin Kamara. If Kamara is there, you got Thomas back. You have this, you know, all these weapons on both sides of the ball. I really like this team. If Kamara is not there, I'm concerned. Well, that's a that's a very good point, Mike. Mike, where can people get that book, uh, The Breeze Way? All right, Father's Day's coming up, George. Yes. For your audience, if you come out, if you go to my website, Mike Neighbors, com, Mike Neighbors dot com, you can order it, and I'll send you a signed copy for twenty dollars. Oh, that's nice. shipping and everything. You can also order it on Amazon, and if you're patient, the audio book is coming out in the next two weeks. So Father's Day's coming up. You got a dad who's a big Saints fan. I will take care of you. So Mike Neighbors dot com. Amazon and the audiobooks coming out soon. I appreciate it. All right, Mike. Thanks so much for the time. Uh, always a pleasure talking to you. Look forward to the next time we get to do it. And happy early Father's Day to you, my brother. Thank you. You too. <laughs> All Bye, right, brother. See you. Uh, all right. That's Mike Neighbors. Uh, you can check him out at MikeNeighbors.com, and he's all over social media as well. Uh, I th- I'm pretty sure at Mike Neighbors the last time I checked, uh, but I could be wrong about that. But. I'll look it up and get it to you. We're going to take a break here on the game. And uh, when we come back, hey, I, I'm going to lay out my NBA heartbreaking loss that, that's been weighing on my mind since Kevin uh, told me, you know, to start thinking about it. So uh, I'll do that when we come back on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. You can call in and say Pete Rose deserves to be in the Baseball Hall of Fame. You can call and proclaim that the Houston Astros were the only team that stole signs. Just know this. Foot will disagree with you. Call into Footnotes with Kevin Foot at 337-706-0111. Back to more Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. All right, welcome back in to Footnotes. George Faust in for Kevin today. How about this, the uh, game birthday bash? It's the game's birthday, and this is your invitation to party with us as we celebrate 10 years of being Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Join us at Buffalo Wild Wings on Ambassador Caffrey on Wednesday, June 22nd. There will be delicious wings, amazing door prizes, and appearances from your favorite 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles personalities, including including Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. They'll be broadcasting live from the party, so come join us at B-Dubs on Wednesday, June 22nd from 5 to 9. Uh, that's uh, p.m. And uh, for the uh, game's 10th birthday bash. And uh, Hannah, let me tell you this. This is how long I've been around. You ready for this? Not so, sure. So when they started this station, this was nothing like th- where we're sitting right now mm-hmm. wasn't even here. And then very soon. Uh, so over there, I'm pointing uh, to the hallway uh, down that hall. That's where we would sit and we would do the show and, and in this little tiny room. And, and then they, st- uh, they started building this, this studio. I remember when this was just 
wood, and it was set up like it, it, exactly like it is now, but it was just wood. There was no, no, no beautification of this. It was just <laughs> wood. Beautification. Beautification. So it very, very. It's it's very cool to see something come along uh, in a long way. So I since it started, uh, you know, my my old buddy Jeff, uh, he and I. Uh, would would come on pretty regularly back in the day, and uh, he actually hosted the morning show for a long time uh, uh, when it first got started. So it was a lot of fun to come on and and chat and and uh, yeah. It, so it, it, ten years that's that it's it's amazing, monumental. It's a, yeah, it's a it's whole a pretty, decade. A whole decade. That's right. <laughs> that's exactly right. So uh, that's always fun to look back and think about uh, when this first started, and and it was uh, I remember uh, you know. Uh, Chuck had uh, come and talked to us about, uh, you know, being a part of it and trying to, you know, get on the air and do some things. And it's like, yeah, man, I, I'm all about it, man. That, that sounds awesome. I, I, I love this this format of radio. You can expound a little bit on your your views and your 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 thoughts. And and in a sports cast, you kind of confined to just a couple of minutes. And so, and then and the other thing is the people that are listening to this. Are, are they're all they're all want to listen to to sports yeah. you know so it makes it uh your audience is 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 very knowledgeable and oh, that's yeah. that's been the case Neither. for the whole time that I, I i've been around is that especially in acadiana sports fans are are very knowledgeable and they and they, yeah they love their sports no doubt there, there's the fact that they're not just they're no longer our audience to speak about sports like i have callers that will just call I had one uh, end of last year that this called just to wish me happy, like, Merry Christmas. Oh, nice! I have some that are like, "Hey, how's the wedding planning going?" Like they want to, they want updates. <laughs> they want to know they, about you. They want to yeah. know. That's the, and <laughs> so they're that, no longer just about sports now. It's a lot of everything else that comes exactly. with it of and, our personality. And look, if you can let somebody in, uh, uh, give them a little bit of a glimpse of that you're a normal person, they 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 respond to that. And, and yeah, that's uh, I think they've done a great job here in, in being able to kind of uh, uh, offer the, the the sports fan an outlet to, to to talk about whatever's going on in the world of sports uh, and beyond. Um, so NBA, NBA heartbreaking losses. So uh, does he have like a cool intro for this? I didn't. He does not. He just uh, goes and he likes to bring that he hates the Celtics so much. So uh, he doesn't well, really care for watching the NBA finals, which I don't either because I'm not a big <laughs> Basketball fan, I understand. I understand. I, I, anytime it gets to the like, I'm actually next week when I, when I fill in, I, I'm trying, I'm trying to knock down, uh, uh, a former NHL player because anytime it gets to the final, um, uh, you know the championships of the of the year. It, it, any it, whether it's the Stanley Cup or it's the NBA Finals or whatever it is, um, I, I like to kind of feature that because that's what that's what the sports world is looking at at that point. So, right. Um, so I, I, I want to try and reach out to an old buddy of mine. It's Kevin Kaminsky. Everybody knows him as he was the ice skaters head coach for uh, for a long time here uh, back in the day and and. You know, I he and I used to do a segment on the NHL, and so I reached out to him, and I'm going to see if he can't come when the Stanley Cup playoffs are kind of winding down. The finals should be getting close here uh, in the NHL, just because it's a familiar voice and people. You know, you always like to check up on people. And then anyway, the NBA, the finals. Uh, you know, it's always exciting because 
it's a part of history, and you know they're making history. This the Warriors could make some history. The Celtics could win again. Uh, it, it'd be it it just be. I, I'm all about the Celtics winning. My son loves the the Warriors because he's you know this new generation. He likes Steph Curry and he likes Patrick Mahomes, and he, so he's <laughs> he's a he's a product of his of his surroundings. Whereas uh, when I was growing up, it was Archie Manning, Dave Wilson, um, George Rogers. That's who I. That's why because I was a Saints fan, and that's all I cared about. Uh, so, but for let me put out there my NBA heartbreaking loss, and, and this one might have come up already. I don't know if it has come up already or not. Uh, but uh, but for me, one of the heartbreaking losses, and, it, and it's actually one of the defining moments uh, of Michael Jordan's career is when he hit that shot uh to to beat the Cleveland Cavaliers and uh in that in that playoff game that is a heartbreaking loss if you're a Cavs fan the Cavs you know the Cavs were the Cavs and you know getting beat up on year after year and Michael Jordan they looked like they had that game wrapped up and Michael Jordan goes down and hits the shot and then the iconic move where he jumps up in the air and does the fist pump and it goes nuts and so that that that's a heartbreaking loss for me that that I I mean I I don't care that the Cavs lost that's not why it's heartbreaking I'm just saying in general it's a heartbreaking loss I I, I don't really think that uh it uh it matters uh who, who you're a fan of in this category so <laughs> if it's a heartbreaking loss, it's a heartbreaking loss. But if you're a Cleveland fan, I'm sure that that ranks up there for you. Uh, let's go to the phone line. Uh, how about Ralph? Ralph, how you doing? Hey, George, how are you, man? Oh, I'm great, man. I couldn't be better. If I was any better, I'd be twins. <laughs> <laughs> well, good to hear your voice. Um, and and I don't really have a whole lot of heartbreaking NBA losses. Sure. Uh, I kind of I, I really quit watching NBA, believe it or not, uh, um, after Andrew Tony retired. Uh, I used to be a big, you know, big fan before that. But um, anyway, but I was want to talk a little bit about the Saints. But sure. Talk about heartbreaking losses. Now, I can name a bunch of heartbreaking uh, losses yeah, for the Saints, particularly the, the Nola no-call and the Minneapolis miracle. But uh, let's not go there. Yeah, and, and yeah. Kind of on that topic, you know, you had alluded to earlier. I'd much <laughs> rather have one championship in my pocket because, man, okay. You know, look. Ask the Bills fans if if they would have traded in one Super Bowl rather than being there what four years in a row, right. whatever it was. Um, it, you know, you can't ever take that Lombardi Trophy out of Airline Drive. So, uh, uh, and I'm I'm looking I'm I'm looking at the possibility of adding another one pretty soon, George. I I agree with you. I think this I lo- this team is flying under the radar. I agree. Um, you know, I look at. When you look at what they did last year, winning nine games in the season from hell, you start off with a hurricane displacing you. You go through the COVID, you lose your starting quarterback. I mean, it was just, it was unbelievable. And I thought it was, this defense is nasty. I mean, it is, it's going to keep you in every game. Now, I, I get Mike's concern about Alvin Kamara. I'm concerned too. But the way the NFL rolls, who knows when this, when or if, It'll even come down this season, you know, as far as the action. Yeah, and that, that uh, that's that's been my my thing is is I don't want it to affect. So like, if they're going to suspend Alvin Kamara, I want him to do it the first six games of the year. Let's get it out the way. If I was Alvin, I'd be like, all right, what, what do I got to do to make sure this has? Because after that, we get down into December, you know, late November, December. 
that's crunch time, man. We can't we can't have uh, as a as a fan, you don't want you don't want one of your best players not to be available at that time of the year, and that's what I'm scared of. It, and here's the other thing: maybe, maybe, just maybe, the Saints pull off some uh, some you know Mickey Loomis magic and, and go find themselves a a diamond in the rough running back that can you know they've been now if Sean Payton was here I'd say they definitely could do it. Uh, Dennis Allen, I don't know his his pedigree with regards to being able to uh, lure or. or eye talent yeah. that that isn't isn't known yet um so but but maybe mickey loomis is the is the guy that did that and we don't have to worry about that but maybe they could go find uh, a guy that's not you know maybe on somebody's waiver wire you know <laughs> and uh and and yeah. cherry, cherry pick them and and they can suffice for that period of time where camaras might might be out well that's my, my thinking too and and i, I kind of to your point, though, I'm not too sure about the first six games of the season because I don't have it in front of me. But if my memory serves me right, I think they have two out of the first three games are divisional games, and so I, you know, I kind of want him uh, right, in the right. lineup for the, for those <laughs> games for sure, um, as much as possible. But um, but what I think will happen, you know, and, and look, this kid, uh, the undrafted free agent, his name escapes me at the moment that everybody's kind of you know excited about. Um, he might turn out to be, you know, because we've had those guys before, Chris Ivory and, you know, right, Pierre right. Thomas, you know, uh, it's happened. Um, yes. But I think what will happen, you'll see in the, you know, first or second wave of cuts, you'll see a veteran back get released just because of his contract, his money. And he might be willing to sign a cheap, you know, one-year uh, deal, kind of like Fournette did, you know, last year with the, with the Bucks. By the way, did you see Fournette's picture at Bucks training camp? I did not get a chance to see that. George, yeah, I've got to go on Twitter. The dude is pushing 250 right now. All right. He, and it's not muscle. <laughs> I mean, oh, really? Appara- apparently he's been spending a lot of time in New Orleans eating at the, <laughs> at the restaurants there because he is, he was on a on a knee. He, could, he was so out of shape. It's unbelievable. But, um, but anyway, so, no, I, I really think this team can be – can be really, really good. Uh, yeah, I, I'm concerned about Sean Payton, uh, you know, and, and and what his absence will mean for the team. But, you know, and there's a lot of ifs. But if Michael Thomas is healthy and you add, the, you know, Jarvis Landry, he's got Chris Olave, and, and now nah, I think one, you know, uh, Troutman's got to step up at tight end. He, he, you know, he can't have the kind of inconsistency. But you know what somebody, everybody kind of forgets? You're getting Will Lutz back this year. That's huge. Yeah. I mean, we lost at least two games last year because of field goal uh, misses, you know. So, yeah. um, I'm extremely optimistic, and, and I'm looking forward to it. And I'm going to hang up and listen, George. But right. I just want to get your opinion, too. I'm a big golf fan, <laughs> and I want your opinion on this. Oh, the li- yeah. I, I, I'll touch on that in a little bit. I love golf, too. Uh, Ralph, thanks for the call. Uh, let's let's right, go. George. Thank you, man. appreciate you. Um, all right. So, no – He's gone, huh? That the other guy. All right, Martin, call back, man, and uh, we'd love to get your take. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. I, I, I the golf is an interesting topic because uh, that's I, I can't seem to. I, I'm still f- kind of formulating my thoughts, but uh, on that because it's interesting. It's a it's an interesting dynamic, and and uh, well, I, I'll give you. I, I'll talk about that uh, coming up here. We're gonna take a break here on 1037 The Game, 1041 Lake Charles, 1037 Lafayette, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. We're back after this on Footnotes. I'm George, and for Kevin. 
Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Weekday afternoons, 4 to 6, on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. June 9th, 1946. New York Giants skipper Mel Ott becomes the first manager in Major League Baseball history to be ejected from both games of a doubleheader. The Giants lose both games to the Pittsburgh Pirates. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, we're back on Footnotes. Rescue Fest is uh, Saturday, June 25th at Park International. It's a day of live music featuring the Sarah Russo Band, Jet 7, Layla Laverne, Hunter Cuvillon, Corville, that is, Hunter Corville, and Cam Nelson. There will be uh, plenty of food, games, and a, even a raffle. Rescue Fest as a fundraiser for the Rescue You group of Acadiana, a group that provides financial and emotional assistance to grieving families of child loss to buy tickets. Go to Eventbrite or by visiting rescueyougroup.org. All right, uh, let's go back to the phone lines. Uh, I believe we have uh, uh, Boom Sauce on the line. Hello, Colin. Howdy, Tony. <laughs> What's hey, up, dude? How, how are you? It's Colin. Uh, Colin is in the house. How, uh, I, I'm doing great. I love looking at Twitter first thing in the morning here, Pacific time. First thing in the morning. You're filling in. <laughs> 10 o'clock. Seeing the number. It's almost 10 o'clock. Hey, it, it's 7. Hold on. It's 7.55 a.m. I usually get up at around like 6.30, but today I felt like I would sleep in. What, yeah. I, so what's happening, dude? I know we have a shot clock. So what, what, what yes. should we dive into deport test-wise? Uh, look, real quick, let's, let's, talk, let's talk a little. Are you, are you up on baseball, college baseball real quick? Uh, Ole Miss and Southern uh, Miss? You know, I like wait. Oh, oh, Ole Miss is in. I thought <laughs> I thought uh-huh. Ole Miss was a defunct yeah, program. Yeah. <laughs> I, where, where's Arizona State? That's all I need to know. Where's Arizona State? Uh, that's all. We're, I, uh, look, <laughs> look. The, the hockey program at Arizona State's better than the baseball program. Let's put it that way. Is that right? Ain't that the truth? Ain't yeah. Well, I, I tell everybody that. Arizona State hockey is going to win a national title before football, uh, uh, yeah. basketball, before any of the major programs. I understand. Seriously, though, uh, college baseball is one of one, this time of year. It's kind of you know it's the final sixteen, and and Ole Miss and Southern Miss are playing each other in the uh, supers uh, this coming weekend. Uh, LSU would have hosted, uh, but uh, they they ended up falling to USM and. Uh, Ole Miss put up a throwback to the Gorilla Ball days, uh, uh, where where you know in ninety six, ninety seven, ninety eight, LSU was putting up like seventeen, eighteen runs on a, on a Jeez. Tuesday. It was it was <laughs> it was ridiculous back in the day. Loved it. They had the 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 Black Magics and the the big time Easton bats with the with the you know two and three fourths barrels and yeah it was was it, that with the cork was that with the cork in them no no corks and they just they were just <laughs> monsters dude they were just i mean brad cressy and uh, those guys uh, eddie furnace uh lsu was dominant man that was that was golden era right there for the tigers and and uh, uh yeah I, 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 growing up you know 
going to high school in in New Orleans, you, you saw that all the time, you know, and it was just awesome. And then in the nineties, I got to cover it. Um, we do. We're getting the Oscar music, bro. Oh no! You know, <laughs> I do have to say though, it is kind of good that we have a shot clock because you and I could just uh, talk we, about. We would we would be we would be on forever. Uh, look, Colin, always great to hear from you, bro. Always great to hear from you. You too, man. Be well. All right. Talk to you soon. All right. Sounds good. We'll ha- we'll catch up soon. All right. That's Colin. Uh, uh, it used to be a sports guy here in Lafayette, but. Uh, yeah, anyway. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be back, and we'll uh, we'll chat a little bit uh, about, uh, well, the NBA. I'm going to throw that out there. I'll give my, my comment. Ralph wanted me to talk about the golf thing. I'm going to do that. Uh, I, it, it's it's an interesting dynamic. We'll, we'll take a break. We'll be back. 103.7 The Game, Lafayette, 104.1, Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. All right, welcome back to the show. George Faust in for Kevin here on Footnotes. Uh, let me get this done. It's uh, Half Shell Oyster House, the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com can help you with your date night blues. That's because once you become a member of our rewards club, you'll have the opportunity to win excellent prizes like a $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House. We want you to take your lady out for some delicious seafood but you can only win that $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House by joining the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. You can also, I guess, take your man out, too, if you're wanting to do that. All right, uh, let's talk some more sports. Let's go to the phone lines as they're lighting up. Martin, you're on the line. Martin, what's up? Hey, how you doing, John? Uh, if I was any better, I'd be twins, man. Yeah, I like that. Hannah doesn't like. That's the first time I ever hear that. I said it about five minutes ago. (laughs) It's 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 my it's my go to line. My kids think I'm crazy, and my wife. Well, when I heard you say when I heard you say it five minutes ago, that was the first time I ever heard you say that. (laughs) All right, what's on your mind, (laughs) man? So, so I heard in the last segment, uh, you said you used to cover Ice Gators hockey. I did. Okay, I'm going to take you down memory lane there, buddy, now. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, 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 other than football, hockey is my second favorite sport, man. So, does the name, uh, and I correct me if I'm pronouncing this this wrong, this, this wrong, Bruce Lavin, you know who that is? Yeah, Levine, Bruce Levine, the vo- the, the, the broadcaster. Bruce? Yeah, Levi- yes, I think sir. it was Levine. Now, I used to love, love, love listening to that man called Ice Gators game, man. He would get so into it. Uh, very knowledgeable. But he was like very knowledgeable. Now I looked up the does the other day because I was curious to see what he was doing. Did you know? I think he a uh, voice commentator for the Dallas Stars. Correct me if I'm wrong. I I, I actually I, uh, I haven't talked to him in a long time. I did talk to him a couple years ago. Uh, I haven't talked to him in a while. But uh, yeah, I, I did see that that he was uh, he was doing some work with the Stars. I'm not sure exactly what his what his. Uh, role is but i did see that he was over there yeah man i i that was the good old days now my my two favorite ice gators were uh was chris valasevic and, sure. and piggy john deport man that, that that was some good old days that's when um 
back in the, the you know they almost used to pack the Cajun Dome for every ice gators game. Oh, that yeah. was, I mean, that was that that yeah. was the hot thing because I mean the raging cages were decent and everything, but that's where you people used to go and everything. It was, it was, and uh, it was definitely. But I also wanted. It was definitely uh, a, a, a a a an event to go to for sure, and they put what twelve thousand fans or thirteen thousand fans yeah. in the Cajun Dome, and the Gator Chomp was kicking out. I, I, I unfortunately I wasn't around uh, when that was happening. I just have tons of video that I look at uh, on a daily basis if I want to, uh, where I can see how how packed it was and the the emotions and. Oh, and, it was uh, awesome! Yeah. Now, did you also did you also know that? Uh, the Cajun Dome hosted, I think it was the 1998 uh, ECHL All Star Game. Did you I, do you remember that? I, I I wasn't here, but I do know that that happened, and I know they used to have a lot of. Uh, they had a couple of in, NHL preseason exhibition games, I believe. They they did that a couple times. Right, right, and then uh, one more thing, I'm gonna get you out on. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you go. It's uh, Martin so Show, everybody. <laughs> go ahead, man. Uh, uh, so. I was actually at that. Uh, I was actually able to attend the ECHL uh, okay. All Star Game, and man, that was probably one of the best experiences of my life. But cool. so somebody famous was actually sitting a couple rows behind us, and I'm gonna say his name, and he'll probably ring a bell. Do you remember Brian Sholin? If I'm saying his name, goaltender for the Ice Gators. Okay, all right. Yeah, uh, he had no, but I, I, it was me and my dad that was at that All Star Game, and I kept looking, and I kept looking, I was like. Man, that man looks familiar for a reason, for some reason. And sure enough, uh, people started going, asking for his autograph and everything. I was like, that's Brian Scholler. Nice. And that, that was another one of my in my favorite ice games. But, yeah, man, uh, I just wanted to kind of take uh, you down memory lane, I, man. Uh, hey, look, I lo- that was some good old days. Martin, thanks for the call. I do appreciate it. Yeah, the, the ice skaters were a lot of fun, yeah. uh, and they had they had a – they had a, a great following for a lot of years. The first ice skater game I ever went to is a few years back. My my wife's uncle had take had season tickets. Took me to the game. There was about eight thousand people in the Cajun Dome for a hockey game. I couldn't believe it. I was like, I, I didn't understand no. how that how that worked. What year so, was that? That was probably about ninety eight. Uh, yeah. Oh, ninety. Yeah. yeah. I think that was their inaugural season. Maybe. I no, ninety five was their inaugural season. Ninety five oh, was the. Inaugural I got season. you. Uh, yes, sir. All right, all right, well, thanks for taking my call, hey. man. I appreciate it. And and go Red Sox, man. <laughs> there you go. I, I'm okay with that. Thank you so much, man. All right, Martin. Appreciate the call. If you want to get in on the game hotline, you can. It's three one three three seven seven zero six zero one one one. The number to call. All right. So uh, when we uh, so coming up in a little bit, we're going to talk a little uh, high school football. We're going to shift gears a little, and uh, we've got a there's there's a, a a huge shift in the 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 uh, landscape of high school football when it comes to uh, who plays where, who's a select school, who's a non-select school, uh, and we're going to talk uh, with with Josh Fontenot. He's of Southside High School. He's the head. Um, football coach there he he will join us and, and it's it, it's really um confusing and not confusing and, and, and in some ways I'm like man that's 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 tough for schools like uh you know I don't know Karen Crow or a, uh, that 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 just uh, schools that you know you've grown accustomed to this I guess is what I'm trying to say so you've grown accustomed to the way it is right so we've got 12 state champions in, in football where there should really only be five 
and, and that's how it used to be, five. And and now they they switched it all up. Everybody gets a trophy. And now, after, what, since 2013 was when the split happened, now when we've we're got kind of gotten used to this everybody gets a trophy mentality and they now we're switching back to maybe make it a little bit tougher and we're going to uh squeeze down on the number of trophies state championships we give out in football and maybe maybe some people are not used to that there's it benefited a lot of schools and and in other ways now it's going to it's going to come back on those schools and Make it. What in the world? My uh, my Apple Watch just went off. There, Siri's trying to get in on the show here on Footnotes. How about that? Um, don't worry about it, Siri. I'm uh, I'm just talking to somebody. Uh, so so it, it's really quite the interesting dynamic because some uh, what we've been used to now of hey you know twelve state championships is going to turn back into five or seven or whatever it's going to be and, and that's uh, that's okay it's fine we're going to talk about it with josh fontno because i i'm interested to get his take because in district three five a which is you know acadiana and lafayette high and um barb and uh those schools in the lake area uh barb and sam houston and and sulfur those schools now all those schools right they're 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 considered select so when it comes down to the select state championships, if 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 Barb High School makes it to the state championship, they'll be playing Jesuit or Rummel uh, or Catholic Baton Rouge now for a state title. Uh, and, and and look, competition is competition. You gotta you gotta win the games that are in front of you, and that's what's gonna happen. And I've had one coach. I said it earlier in the show. One coach told me that they like the idea of playing more playoff games because look, they they were on a roll. They get to the end of the year on a roll, and then they got a they got a two week bye before they start. They play again, and they're in the quarterfinals to start the playoffs. And that school that that uh, that coach is a is a coach of a, a football school, so I, I I know that they're they're not afraid to play whoever they're going to have to play, and uh, I'm I'm just curious as the dynamic kind of takes hold here, is high school football better? It's 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 really coming coming back to what it was before the split, which before the split it was you know. Acadiana could play Rummel in the state championship because they're both 5A schools. And, you know, that, that would be a championship or a semifinal matchup. Uh, Westgate would take on uh, – heck, Westgate played Rummel uh, at the Cajun, at, at Cajun Field one year, and it was uh, in a snowstorm. Uh, Notre Dame played Catholic High in a, in a blizzard in Crowley one year. That was bizarre, it, it, like one of the most unique – uh, sights I've ever seen, and then when the when Rummel was playing Westgate that same night, man, it was the rain was it was snowy rain, icy snow mix. It, it was it, so think game, those games happen, right? I mean that that it's not something that's foreign to a lot of people, but maybe now to this younger generation, they're not used to having to play, uh, you know, through a tougher schedule to get to the finals. So we'll uh. 
We'll take we'll take a break, and when we take a break, after we come back, we'll talk to Josh Fontenot. We'll talk some high school football, and after the interview, if y'all y'all want to give your take, you can do that on the game hotline one three three seven seven zero six zero one one one. That's the number to call. You're listening to Footnotes. I'm George Faust in for Kevin, and this is the game one zero three seven Lafayette one zero four one Lake Charles Southwest Louisiana Sports Station home for LSU and the Houston Astros. It's not uncommon here on Footnotes for Kevin Foote's voice and his blood pressure to rise rapidly during the show. The fat guys like you and me need to be watching mop-up time just like the stars do. Sometimes it rises a little too high. That is stupid. Stupid. Not to worry, we have EMT standing by just in case Foot passes out. Back to more Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, welcome back into Footnotes. George Faust in for Kevin. Hey, next home. Cutting Edge Realty is holding their annual Luke Day on Saturday from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. The Chattery Charity Event benefits Canine Companions, which is a nonprofit that uh, gives to those with disability dogs. The event will be located at uh, Bollier Park Dog Park at 411 West Bluebird Drive in Lafayette. A food truck and Kona Ice Snow Cone Stand will be on site, plus music, treats, and prizes. All proceeds will be donated to Canine Companions. That's Next Home Cutting Edge Realty's Luke Day on June 11th. June 11th is also my uh, youngest daughter's birthday. She'll be five. So... Yeah, there you go. She's excited. She's she's getting getting really she keeps on asking, how many days? How many days? Uh just a few there, Meredith. All right. Uh let's talk some high school football now. We bring in uh the head coach for the Southside Sharks. It's Josh Fontenot. Coach, thanks so much for some spending some time with us. How are you this morning? Doing good. Appreciate you having us on. Absolutely. Uh, obviously, a uh, lot of lot of schools, a lot of teams are starting up their summer workouts. Uh, just kind of give us a little uh, breakdown of how that's coming. Uh, you guys got uh, good numbers right now on the workouts. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah we just, uh, in fact, uh, about thirty minutes ago, finished up uh, week one, and um, you know everybody, uh, you know, minus the guys who are on a vacation right now out there and then uh good numbers with our incoming freshmen i think we're um probably not probably the definitely the biggest group we've ever had uh so we're at about 60 right now with incoming freshmen so uh, that'll that'll probably grow so uh yeah can't complain good first week right sure enough and i know uh last year uh you guys kind of wrapped up the year in the postseason and uh, it's kind of a step forward. You you've been you've been on this journey for a while, right, Coach? I mean, with regards to trying to make sure this school and, and this program gets set up the right way. Can you talk about uh, where you started and now where you are, and and how how much growth you've seen over the past uh, uh, few years that you've uh, kind of taken over? Yeah, well, we were here from the beginning, so it, it was yeah. uh, from from. I guess start to finish, or not finish, but start to where we are now. Right, it's, it's been a lot different, and you know we playing JV games uh, on on uh, Wednesdays and Tuesdays, and now we, we playing in the playoffs. It, it's 
seems like a long time ago, but I guess it really wasn't. And just, you know, fifth year of the school's existence. So we're getting there. Um, you know, I don't like, I guess now the newness, I don't know if it's worn off, just the building and the, the school's very well, much taken care of. But, uh, we, you know, we can't consider ourselves a new football program anymore. I think we're doing ourselves an injustice if we do that. We need to, um, we need to get in the playoffs every year like we've done. But it's time to start winning some of those games. Uh, we had a chance last year against East Ascension. Had some moments where we probably could have uh, maybe taken a lead late and maybe won that game, and we let that slip away from us. But uh, I still think today it was our best performance in the playoffs. We had a probably it was probably one of the better opponents we've played, and um, our kids. Uh, whereas we were intimidated maybe before by the, the the situation, the environment, and the atmosphere of the playoffs. We, we didn't do that this time. We acted like we belonged and played like we belonged and, and, and performed fairly well. Uh, just got beat by a better team. Now, I know last year you told me at the beginning of the year, you know, you guys had to kind of adjust what you did offensively uh, and because of the personnel that you have. Is that are you st- are you sticking with that, uh, with, with the with the veer that, that, that you've implemented, or are you going back – to, to a little more wide open uh how, how does how does that look what is what does the personnel dictate this year no we'll be um we're gonna stick with the flex bone type stuff you know we when you watch us we look like kind of like an academy team if you put on army navy and in fact we get a lot of our stuff from those guys that's what we look like and uh i think we'll continue to do that uh whenever we have moments to throw the ball the landing's a little more comfortable throwing it this year uh, so, you know, you'll make sure the ball in the air a little bit more. But when it comes down to it, uh, we like what we did last year. Uh, it's something that can be um, it can be adaptive to where if you have years where you have you heavy with the receivers or a real good throwing quarterback, you can throw out of it. It's not like you can't. Mm. Uh, but it fits us with what we, what we do, what we have here at the school. We, uh, we have changed up the defense a little bit. Uh, it's a little bit of a unique thing. Uh, Take on on pressure defense, and and we'll uh, we've implemented that in the spring. Uh, it had its moments where it looked okay, and it had more moments where it didn't. But uh, <laughs> it, which is which which is expected, I think. With uh, so anything new last year when we came out of the spring game with the new offense, uh, I think I went home and cried and didn't think <laughs> we'd win a game. So uh, this was this was not quite that, and we ended up doing okay. So put boots on those guys on the defensive staff. Uh, we started working on that this week, so we'll, we'll we'll prepare and hopefully it'll get better as we go. But we should be a little more experienced on offense and um, better at what we're doing to to maybe uh, control the game a little bit more and help help out our defense come along. Yeah, sure enough. Uh, all right, let's let's talk about the select non-select and the and the the latest uh, ruling from the LHSAA and and what's come down. Uh, it looks like you guys are still a, a non-select program, correct? Well, they have us in the select group now, um, but we're appealing that, and I think that'll be. Gotcha. Uh, it shouldn't be a problem. I mean, uh, you know, my opinion on all that. I, I guess I could probably get in trouble for telling you how I really feel about some of the decisions that are made with that thing. But um, you know, this this is what it is. Uh, LHSA put us in the select division. We are not a select school. We, you know. We have no uh, academy like uh, every other high school in Lafayette Parish has a school of choice or an academy, however you want to call it. Right, sure. We just don't have we just don't have that. 
Um, our attendance is uh, kind of too big. There's really no room in the school for an academy. So uh, you have to live in Southside Zone to come here. So we're appealing that. Miss Cassidy does an amazing job with things like that. And, uh, she's written up uh, the appeal, and there's all the, uh, you know, you got to go through the process. So right. I would be shocked if we're not a uh, not select school. So. Well, yeah. so so let me ask you this because you know before before I I, I came on, I was talking I was talking about how you know back what before 2013. All the school, you know, five A schools played five A schools. So if if Southside would have gotten to a state championship, they could have played Jesuit or Brother Martin or Curtis or. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a, as a coach, I, I mean, I get you know there that that you had there's a lot of different calibers of teams and stuff of like that, but as a as a coach, is there is there some kind of maybe I, I don't know pride or or uh, just uh, some kind of sense of hey we want to play the best and win or does that matter because what i'm saying is you know before when it's all all of the 5a schools competing in the same bracket it makes it a little more substance uh filled you know you know there's more substance to uh winning a playoff game or winning a state championship and does that bother you either way i think that you you mean you you asking the big debate question that, that, that's <laughs> right. in the debate throughout the state of all right, is, when is it watered down, or, or when does um, fair play outrule uh, competition? You know the level of competition, or however you want to word it, or pick it. And, I, and in a lot of ways, I'm torn. Yeah, I would honestly, I think there's a there's a big part of me that wants to see everything get back together, and there be five or maybe six classes. You know, I think one of sure. the biggest problems the FHSA has is the, the disparity in numbers and classes. Mm-hmm. We ran into it at Crowley where, um, you know, the top of your uh, 4A bracket or the top of your 4A uh, number classification was almost 1,200, and in the bottom of it's almost is right at 650. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that, you know, you're asking a school to compete that has 650 students to compete with one that has, you know, 1,150 or 1,200. That's almost a double the size. So, you can talk about select and non-select and recruiting and all that stuff you want, but that's an issue I think that gets overlooked. Where if you if you would adjust the classes and maybe make that a little more effective, to where maybe there's only a 300 400 kid difference in the in the five A level, and as you go down, maybe the, the disparity in the numbers gets a little smaller. That to me, you, you, that needs to be discussed. Yeah. But the, as far as the everybody get back together and it's more pride and. Yeah, I agree. Like, yes, there there is merit to that. Like, you want you should want to play everybody. And if you, I win a five A state championship, yeah, you want to. If it's against uh, Zachary or if it's against Rummel, you know, you you want it to be. You know, you beat all the schools in your classification. There's part of that. The other part of it is, and it and it, I think recruiting gets thrown in there too much. I don't think it's a recruiting thing. It's, uh-huh. it, that doesn't it doesn't matter. I don't think. That a lot of the schools that get school that get kids from out of their zone, I don't think they go out and actively pursue them. I think some do. You know, I'm not going to sit here and think that right. nobody recruits. No, there's some to do, but there's a lot that the school and the program kind of recruits itself. So if you're a kid right now and you're in in the last, you know, I don't know, ten years, and you live in Lafayette Parish and you're a good football player, and you have the ability to go play at a good football program. 
by just entering an academy, then, you know, Acadiana and Cancro, those are two really good football programs. Do I think Coach McCullough's riding around and, and, and all over Lackett <laughs> and, and knocking on kids' doors? Absolutely not. But if, you, if you're a good player and you want to go win a state championship, well, why wouldn't you go to Acadiana? Or why wouldn't you go to Cancro in the last few years? So there's so when you look at that, when they okay, well, we're at Southside, and you know we don't have that level of success yet, but we're starting to win a little bit. And there may be a kid that says, "Man, I really want to go to Southside to play football." Well, in order for that kid to do that, he has to move to Youngsville or to the area in Milton and Bruce or to get there. Right. So it's not that that it's it's just it's just different. Right. It's just we we don't have that ability. So. That kid that wants to come here, he he can unless his family moves. Well, a kid to go to any other school in our parish, he just has to say he wants to go to that academy, apply for it, and for the most part, get in it and get bust there. So, yes, you, you, there's two good points, and there's the argument of when does it when does it outweigh the other? When does that of uh, the ability for that school to get kids, whether they get recruited or not, when does that outweigh and say, okay, well, it's not fair because the other schools just can't do that. So either side, and you can say, well, well, yeah, but that's not the full competition. That's not the full class. Yeah, you're right. But it, it's it, you kind of compare apples to oranges sometimes. Mm, yeah. And so I think either side has an argument for it. Then that's where I'm at as a coach. I'm torn. Yeah, I want to. I want to. I want to win a five A state championship here. I want to. I want to beat the the second the best five A program in the state. Well. If it stays like it is, we we might not ever know that. But at the same time, if I'm going to play in the playoffs, if I'm playing Rummel or Acadiana or some of these other select schools, I, I just don't have the ability to get kids in my program the way they do. So I'm not mad at them for it. It's not it's not their fault. That's just what it is. I'm, and I don't I'm not sitting here crying about it. I don't I don't care if you tell me we have to play them. That's fine. But when you make the argument of it, well, it's not fair. I don't. I don't like the word fair. It's just different. It's just two different worlds mm-hmm. of of play. That's that's my view on it. And I probably talked in circles about it, but I think there's merit to both arguments. Right. Absolutely. I, I think you're right. And and well, a, a couple of years back, uh, Coach Cook over at Notre Dame had, had had brought up the the point to me. He they had come up with a kind of a a system where like a rural non rural mm-hmm. uh, system. And that that sounded when he explained it to me. That sounded very logical and like uh, they even proposed it. I don't I don't think it passed, but yeah, they did. Yeah. But think about this on that end, okay? If it's a rural and non-rural, yeah, all right. Well, Southside, we're we're a non-rural team, but we're still playing against in our parish and our uh, all the other high schools in our parish still have ability to get kids that we don't have. So, you know, so, like, where do you draw the line of, okay, well, it's, all right, well, so do you have rural select versus rural non-select and then urban select? And, I mean, how do, how far do you go with it, I guess? Right. You well, know, here's, it, the, here, here's. And then his, his plan had merit. There's no doubt. I mean, yeah, there, yeah, yeah. There's all, you can draw a lot of plans in a lot of different ways. Um, but I'll be honest, I don't, I don't, MHSA, sometimes I don't look at what some of the things they do and agree, but. When you look at it, if you're going to be select versus non-select, if if select means have the ability to get kids outside of your zone, then they kind of, in a way, made the right move. Like, yeah, well, there's there's public schools that have the ability 
to, to get, get kids, kids from all over their zone. And now, yes, are, are they not eligible as a freshman? You know, that's the big thing that they, you know, well, they're not eligible their freshman year. Well, well how much are those how many freshmen play? play? You know, exactly. <laughs> I don't want to hear that. That that you know, okay, come sit out your freshman year. Um, most of them still play freshman ball anyway. Right. They, they're going to say they don't. They, that's not true. Um, and then they, they, they're fine. So, uh, but you know what? Good. Like, like if, if the school's like, same thing with Notre Dame. Everybody, Notre Dame always gets thrown in that. Um, they got kids from all over, all these parishes that come to Notre Dame. Well, they want to come there to be a part of a, a good winning football program and, and, uh, and have a chance to win a state championship. So, in my mind, you, you can't be mad at Notre Dame for that. They, they've been successful. Like they they've earned that. They've earned the right to have kids want to come play for them. That's a good a good thing. So you can be mad about it all you want, but it's not. It, it's to me, there's no fault of anybody else. You can't. You can't. I don't. Know, I don't. I don't like the getting mad at some of the schools. Now there are some that actively go out and get kids. We know that. We know they're who they are. So I wish LHSA would do more to stop them. I get it, but um, it's a it's kind of an apples to oranges thing when it comes down to for me. Like I can't get past the fact that okay, these this group of schools they can get kids outside of their zone and they can come play for them. That's fine, but other schools can't. So to ask those schools to kind of play against each other, it's I'm not going to say it's not fair. It, that's not the the word to use, but it is different. Gotcha. In my, if you well, if you wanted me to vote for something, me as a as a head football coach in Louisiana, to get it all back together, the the biggest thing to me to address would be okay. Let's put everybody back together, but now we gotta we gotta discuss the discrepancy in the sizes of schools and classes. So it does, you know, the big thing with LHSA has always been it has to be even. You just divide by five. Well, I don't understand that. Why? Why do you? Why don't you cut off a point where okay, the five A is the top five A school. Let's say because um, that's going to be about two thousand kids. I think a five hundred student discrepancy would be somewhat there. So okay, as soon as it hits five hundred, the next school is five hundred. It might be twenty schools. It might be forty. So whenever that five hundred student disparity changes, boom, that's the start of four A. And then uh, maybe four A, it's four hundred and three hundred and on down the line. And that's just that's just my opinion, sure. but. You can't ask the top of 5A that has 2,000 students to the bottom, which I don't even know offhand, but it might right. be, let's say it's no, 1,200. I, it's about it's about 1,200. That's an 800 kid difference. Right. That's I, bad. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a lot. And I know, know I know Rain High has that problem, too. They, they compete in 4A, but they're one of the smallest right. 4A schools in, in the state. I, I do right. also like the idea of a 6A class, maybe putting yeah. a team like LCA and Rummel and Jesuit and Brother yeah. Moore all in 6A and making that kind of like that, uh, you know, the yeah, bigger schools. Class yeah, big, yeah, 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 exactly. I, I kind of like that idea. But, uh, you know, who knows if that'll ever happen. But uh, anyway, Coach, I, I appreciate your time. Thanks yep. so much for uh, talking about it, being so candid about it. Uh, it. It is something that's very interesting. People like to know about it. And, and there's yeah. it, it's a polarizing topic, no doubt about it. It, it is. It is. <laughs> everybody, everybody needs to take a deep breath, though. Yeah. You know, if, if we just, yeah. just kind of coach our kids and, and do everything we can to make them successful, no matter who you play, and focus on the kid, I think, and focus on our our, our individual football programs. Um, 
everything's going to be all right, man. It's, it's gonna, it's gonna work out. That's some great words of wisdom from Josh Fano, Southside head football coach. <laughs> Absolutely, coach. Thank you so much uh, for your time, man. We'll talk yeah, to man. you soon. Thank you for having me. All right, we'll be back right here on 103.7 The Game Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. I'm George, in for Kevin. We're taking a break. We're back on Footnotes when we return. Kevin Foote is a walking, talking encyclopedia of New Orleans Saints history. No. Seriously. After that is 2013, which I call the forgotten Saints season because in so many people's mind, the Saints streak of good football ended with the Bounty Gate season. And it's not just recent history either. In 88, they finished 10 and 6, tied for first place in the division, did not make the playoff because they got cheated by a blind official named Fred Silver who absolutely cheated, uh, stole a game on Sunday night in a 13 to 12 loss to the Giants with his either blindness and ineptness or cheating or whatever you want to call it. I think he was just blind and senile. We return to the man who's forgotten more Saints history than you will ever know. Kevin Foote and Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back into Footnotes. George Faust in for Kevin Foote this morning. Hope you're having a great Thursday morning. All day, over, uh, all morning when I was driving over here, I was like, okay, it's not, know what day it is. It's Thursday, right? I don't say, don't say any other day. It's Thursday. People get upset when it gets to the end of the week and you mess it up. And they don't, they're like, oh, I thought it was, uh, unless you thought it was Friday, then I'm sorry. It's Thursday. So, <laughs> Other than that, but uh, okay, so a um, couple of things I got a house uh, loose ends tie up kind of thing. All right, first off, the PGA Tour thing that uh, one of our callers earlier uh, in the in the show uh, was was curious about my thoughts on the uh, Live or L I V Tour or uh, whatever you want to call it. Uh, what is that? Uh, what what is L I V in Roman numerals? That's forty uh, five. No. 50 is no that's what is that honey you know and you know you don't know iv is four l is 50 so that's 54 that's what that is all right good hey we talked it out we talked it out (laughs) hannah's like don't ask me that that's terrible at roman numerals (laughs) liv that's 54 that's that's uh, Super Bowl Fifty Four. That's what I. That's how you remember Roman numerals. That's what most people remember Roman numerals for is 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 the Super Bowls. That's all they, you know. That's how I. That's when we studied Roman numerals in school. When I was in grammar school, that that was like I don't even think they do that now. I don't think my kids know what a Roman numeral is. I get to ten. That's about all I gotta do. That's all I need. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I really need. Like Super Bowl, I look up and when I go and I see that it says Super Bowl. L I V. I immediately go. What is the da 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 da? What is this Roman numeral in <laughs> numbers? <laughs> I am not trying to figure that out. Right. The Saints won Super Bowl forty four. That would be X X X I V, right? 
No, that's 34. Oh. I, 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 I can't uh, remember what it was. Uh, or it was X, uh, IV. What was it? I, man, anyway, all right, all right. I, I, I digress. Um, XLIV. XLIV. That's right. That's right. Is that right? Yes. That would be 10, says. 50. 50 minus uh, 10 is 40. That's right. That's right. That's, that's correct. Is, that is too much. That no, is correct. That's too much. No. Uh, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it. You were right. <laughs> And I'm looking I, up the screen in Google. Google oh, told you me. Cheated. I am not going oh, <laughs> to be she, trying to think of You should have said that. I would have never oh, known. I was no. like, man, Hannah uh-uh. knows what she's talking about. I will admit she's, my faults. I am not good. No more no, memorables, nor will I ever be. <laughs> that's good. Okay, so uh, all that started because I just kind of my take on the uh, the golf, the PGA Tour. I, I don't, So I don't have a problem with the guys going across uh, and playing in that league. That, that that doesn't bother me per se. I mean, look, I, with the human rights things that 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 Saudi Arabia has has taken part in or whatever, I I don't think in in, in anybody's right mind you think that Phil Mickelson or Dustin Johnson uh, supports or believes that's okay. Uh, I, I, in fact, Phil Mickelson said it yesterday that he, it's not. He, he doesn't condone anything like that. So I, I just take that off the table because I, most people, most sane, good people don't understand that, do understand that that is not part of the, like, that's not okay. Strictly talking about golf, the PGA Tour uh, I, I think is uh, is getting a little bit nervous that some of their big stars are, are deciding to to basically walk away from the, the 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 tour that has been the 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 staple and the the monopoly so to speak on on golf professional golf uh, I I don't have a problem with them going to play uh, they're they're going to get a big payday I mean from a financial standpoint it looks like. It makes a lot of sense. They're going to get a big payday. They don't even have to win on tour. I don't know if that happens for everybody, though. That's the question. Is that just Dustin Johnson? Is that just Phil Mickelson? Uh, is it just the big names that are that are deciding to go over there? They get paid up front. Uh, so I'm not sure how that works. I think the PGA Tour is a little nervous. But guys like Rory McIlroy and uh, uh, some of those, uh, there was another guy that spoke out yesterday about it. And he said, you know, they're sticking with the PGA Tour. Um, now, I, I don't think the PGA Tour should uh, should be able to find the guys if they want to go play in that tour. I, I think that's ridiculous. That that that's like not. They're they're golfers. They can you know, show unless they've signed an, a contract specifically saying you can only play uh, with the PGA Tour, but. I, I, maybe they did. Maybe they don't have to. Maybe that's on the back of their PGA Tour card. I don't know, but um, it'd be interesting. Maybe next week, what we'll do is we'll bring on some uh, a, a golf pro to kind of talk about it. Maybe we can get Craig Perks uh, uh, if he's around, and we'll, we'll try and see if we can't locate him or or somebody else, another PGA PGA guy, uh, and get their take on it because that'd, that'd be inter- interesting to hear about the kind of ins and outs of how that works. So, um, but for my for my initial reaction is 
You know, it's okay for them to go play if they want to go play. But I wish, it, like, if I was the PGA Tour, I wouldn't have a problem with them going to play and coming back. And, you know, I want Phil Mickelson in the Masters. I want Phil Mickelson in the PGA Championship. I want, I want, I want the bigger name guys in the majors for sure. Uh, and so I, that to me, I would, as a PGA Tour, it, it benefits you to have those big names. Obviously, the only big name that really, uh, pegs the meter in an unbelievable way is tiger woods and you know he's hasn't said a whole lot about this right now but obviously he's uh he he has a lot of power uh in the game of golf so anyway we'll uh we'll, we'll maybe explore that next week when i'm uh in and uh we'll chat a little bit more about that so I'll give you something to look forward to uh when we get to when we get to that point um the other thing, NBA Finals, obviously uh, going on. Uh, the Celtics have a uh, two games to one uh, series lead. I, I, I'm okay if the Celtics win it. I, I don't really have a dog in the hunt. If the Pels were in it, I'd be obviously pulling for the Pels uh, hardcore. Um, I really like. Uh, I was listening to Raymond earlier uh, today, this morning, and I really, I really like uh, the what's going to happen with uh, you know Zion and. CJ and Brandon Ingram all are there. That that team is is going to be surprisingly good, <laughs> and I'm I'm excited about the future of Pelicans basketball. And uh, I just I, I think there's an opportunity for the Pels to be really good over the next uh, few years, and uh, maybe maybe they'll be run make a deep run here into the NBA postseason. And uh, uh, who knows? Get to the finals. Uh, you never know. It uh, it. It's definitely uh, in the realm of possibility for that to happen. Um, but uh, as for the Celtics, I, I think I'm pulling a little bit for the Celtics more so than the uh, Warriors, uh, just because I have gr- having grown up a Celtics fan, pulling for Larry Bird. And uh, on this show, I know that might be a little bit of a, a, a faux pas to say, I like the Celtics, but that's what makes sports so great. You know, Kevin, <laughs> Kevin likes the Lakers. George likes the Celtics. My the only other back in New Orleans never had a team when I was growing up, so I wasn't a Jazz fan. I was too young for that. Uh, Pistol Pete was you know around, but you know they were they left and we guess went to Utah. And so anyway, and Pistol Pete played for the Celtics for a year. So there you go. Um, anyway, I, so I, I'm a Celtics guy. I I, I pulled for the those eighty Celtics teams. I liked I liked uh, Larry Bird and. You know those guys, Larry Bird and DJ Dennis Johnson, Robert Parrish from uh, Shreveport went to Centenary, uh, and uh, you know uh, the whole the whole crew, uh, Kevin McHale, uh, Danny Ainge, those guys. They, they, that was that was a fun fun group of guys. To, and it was tough back then, right? It was that was hardcore basketball. They they called a foul yesterday on. Uh, they called a foul yesterday on uh, Jason Tatum. He barely touched a guy going up for a layup. I was like, "That's not a foul." It's it's ridiculous uh, how how it's changed. But anyway, all right, we got to take a break. We'll we'll be back on footnotes. I'm George in for Kevin uh, as we uh, start to wrap this up, and uh, we'll be back right here on the game. One zero three seven Lafayette, one zero four one Lake Charles. Are you fluent in Footlish? 
Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. The cheaters. Cheaters. The famed hated rival that beat the New Orleans Saints and others so many times in the 80s and 90s by cheating. Also known as the San Francisco 49ers. Now, back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foot and Footnotes. All right, Mr. Lester's. let's talk a little bit of that. Today is the day that you are going to sign up for the Game Clubhouse. Not only is it free to join, but you'll get the chance to enter to win tremendous free gifts like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse. Mouth-watering steaks cooked to perfection, tremendous sides, and so much more. You can only score that $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse by becoming a member of the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. So go sign up today. All right. There we go. Wrapping up the show, the Thursday edition of Footnotes. I'm George Faust. I'm in for Kevin Foote. And, uh, look, I just want to say, you know, it's it's always a blast to come on here and hang out and chat football and chat sports in general. And we had a great show. We had Mike Neighbors talking about the breezeway. Uh, he did a great job in uh, uh, discussing that. Uh, and so we'll, uh, I appreciate him taking some time to talk about that. I've, I've talked to him numerous times about the different, uh, different, you know, sporting events and things of that nature. We, we've had a chance to chat. And then uh, Josh Fontenot also came on. So thanks to him talking about that select, non-select stuff and how the, the new, the new face of the LHSAA in football is, is being affected. And uh, he, he had some good comments on that, some very impressive uh, or very uh, thoughtful and insightful uh, comments about that. Coming up tomorrow, Friday, Dan McDonald will be in uh, this chair to host uh, Footnotes, and uh, he'll take you through the Friday. And, uh, of course, I, you know, Coach Matt Deggs wrapping up his, pre- his season uh, today at a uh, press conference at about 11.30, so um, – that, that'll happen. And then uh, coming up uh, Sunday night, if I could plug myself, Cajun Nation, inside Cajun Nation, Sunday nights, 1035 on KLFY. Um, we have uh, – Coach Dex is going to sit down with us and talk about the season. So you don't want to miss that as well. Um, that'll be on uh, Sunday night uh, over on the TV th- side of things. Uh, that's uh, that's going to do it for us. Uh, thanks so much, Hannah. Uh, five names. Appreciate you. Uh, and uh, look forward to doing this again. We're going to talk to you all next week. Dan McDonald's in tomorrow, and we hope you join him. And uh, remember what my dad always used to tell me, remember you represent your family. Have a great day, everybody.